Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. On today's episode, I talk to comedian Sean Walsh and it's an absolute cracker of a natter. Um, we talk about some wonderful records. We end up finding out that, I mean, I should also tell you that Sean's friends that we talk about on it all have the best nicknames ever. Um, but it turns out that it's a weird kind of connection through one of his best friend's dad's bands, which shows my age uh, and, and my band. Um, but we have a really lovely chat. He's uh, he's so much fun and uh, and chooses some, some wonderful records as well. Before we get on with uh, my chat with Sean, I have to do the, the thank yous. So this is a bit that I imagine, or I hope you don't uh, whiz past and get straight on to the good stuff. But I want to tell you about some other good stuff. I want to tell you about um, my sponsor. Not only my sponsor for 2021 and 2022, but they've agreed to sponsor this podcast in 2023. Uh, and that company is Hotel Chocolat. Um, I was really blessed to to get to have uh, the owner of Hotel Chocolat, Angus, on um, a few years ago now. And, and we got on so well, and he's got such a passion for music, and, and has backed his podcast. And, and it's due to, to that backing and sponsorship that I continue to be able to put out two episodes for you each week for free. And, uh, and so, yeah, but what I want to tell you more importantly is... You know all about Hotel Chocolat and, and how delicious their chocolates are. But I want to tell you about their alcohol range. Um, I've mentioned it before, but um, honestly, I mean, you can get your gins and your gin liqueurs and your vodkas from there, which are all amazing. But I, I always like to get a little bit excited about their, their creamy booze because they do these these this range of creamy alcohol. And oh, my God, the mint chocolate one is off the scale. I mean, I know some people are a bit funny with mint chocolate, but if you are like me and you like mint chocolate, there is not a better drink. And it's coming up to Christmas. It's the perfect Christmas drink. I believe there's going to be a little special Christmas um, one released as well. As soon as we find out more about that, um, I'll let you know. Uh, there's orange chocolate, there's salted caramel, there's espresso martini, and they're all amazing. Um, and they're very affordable, and you can get them wherever you get your hotel chocolate stuff. I'll head over to their website. And I just like to extend my thanks to them because um, they've backed me. Uh, and and it's you know it's not easy getting sponsorship for podcasts because there's a gazillion podcasts out there now and everybody you know is trying to get the the cost of it helped with and and I've been so lucky that uh, Hotel Chocolat uh, are the official sponsors of, of Off the Beaten Track podcast. Uh, 
I should also thank that bloke with a beard. That's Mr. Scroobius Pip. Um, if it wasn't for him, these podcasts wouldn't be happening. Uh, he invited me on his podcast and quickly realised that um, to stop me from popping up on his and ruining them, he should encourage me to do my own. Uh, and then he was gracious enough to put me on the Distraction Pieces Network, which is the home of so many amazing podcasts. So go check that out. Um, and obviously, Pip's the daddy. If you like your long-form interviews, then, then go and listen to Scroobius Pip's podcast because he's had everyone on. Um, and I want to thank you lot for listening. Big, big thanks. And I'd also like to thank the uh, the Blue Murder p- podcast um, who have produced this podcast uh, for me. Uh, so go check them out. If you like your true crime podcast, go check out the Blue Murder Club. Uh, go go and have a little scroll through all of their episodes because there's a real who's who's. If you like your, your I don't even want to call them like your big hitters, but you're more notorious uh, and, and, and familiar with, you know, your Fred and Roses um uh yeah go go have a rummage in in their archive because they've got some uh I- incredible episodes and they're a relatively new podcast and so uh any support that you can go and uh give them uh will be amazing and they're um they've graciously helped me um to produce this podcast uh right i think that's it with the thank yous um if you enjoy this and it's your first listen um then once you've listened to my chat with um sean why not check out the back catalogue? Because if you like comedians, you can hear me talking to... Who have I had on? Tom Davis, Jade Adams, Rich Wilson, James Acaster, Ed Gamble, uh, Maisie Adam. Oh, God. I've had loads, loads, loads and loads and loads. I've had some amazing comedians. Josh Weller. Uh, I've had Josh on twice. And it was Josh that, that, that said I should have Sean on. So, um uh, so yeah, big love to, to Josh Weller as well. And if you like your, your big rock and roll bands, then you can hear me talking to Foo Fighters and Motley Crue and The Killers. Um, gosh, who else have I had on? Um, oh, do you know what? I'm not going to tell you because I tell you every week. Uh, but if this is your first listen, there's 450 episodes that you've missed. So um, after listening to this, go and explore that back catalogue because... Uh, yeah, you'll find plenty of um, bands, comedians, producers, DJs, actors that you'll go, oh, I wonder what the first record was that had an emotional impact on them. And I can't recommend uh, you do that enough. Go and do it. Support me podcast. And if you'd like to support it in any other way, head over to social media, give us a like, love, share, retweet, and all of that usual stuff. And if you want more content, um, then I have a Patreon. And that's a way that you can help support the podcast. It's only a dollar a month. And I know times are tough, but it's it's about 20p a week. And I promise you, you get loads of stuff. You can watch all the episodes over there, put all the videos up for all the chats. Um, I do a live show online once a month where you can come along and you can feature on it and we just talk about you know, a certain question from the podcast and we all bring our records to the table and we all just have a little chat. You don't have to chat. You can just turn up with your camera off and your mic off and just watch. Uh, uh, you can be as involved as you like. We do them once a month as well, part of the the Patreon. Uh, and I put up loads of radio shows and playlists and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that's 20 pence a week. So it's a dollar a month and you support the podcast. And, you know... All I ask is that uh, just give that split second to just go, oh, do you know what? I hear it every every week when Chew uh, bangs out all these podcasts. Do you know what? I'm going to go and give it a whirl. And you can just join it for a month, pay a dollar, and just go and rinse like the 400 episodes in the back catalogue um, if you can handle that much of my annoying Essex lispy twang. Um, but yeah, but that's patreon.com forward slash off the beat and track. Uh, and everything else you need to know, social media, where you can listen to all the back catalogue episodes as well is uh, the website off the beat and track podcast.com 
Anyway, that's enough of this. Let's get on to the good stuff. Please enjoy off the beaten track podcast with the delightful Sean Walsh. It's off the beaten track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It me, stew with him. Yeah. Okay, we are recording. Sean, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. It's a bit early for me. Is it? Yes. It's 10 a.m. I know, but I, I, I got back at like 2. Oh, right. Yeah. How are you finding the, the sort of later nights as you're getting older? <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know what? The night, so the night is fine, but it's what it does to you the next day. Yeah. That uh, yeah, I I I I uh, I'm absolutely battered. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how bands do it, mate. I, like uh, rock bands, like rock, like it doesn't matter how much money you've got, does it? No. You can't beat you can't beat the decay of the body. Like fifty and sixty and rocking out is crazy. He's mad. Like when you see you see footage of like Mick Jagger and like. I don't know how old Mick Jagger is now, but I think Mick Jagger is a hundred and forty-two. I knew it. I knew it was around about there. Yeah, but to be able to do what he does, I saw them about ten years ago, and he was double old then. And I was thinking, and he did not come off the gas for like two hours, and I was thinking it's remarkable. Like I, I run a nightclub, and like I can handle one night of work in my club. If I do two, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm nearly 50. If I do two, like, I just, that's ripped me off for the week. I just can't do it. Well, it, do you know what is weird? It is I, I have kind of different levels to my performance that I can turn on or off. And I like to turn it on. So I recorded a big show in Brighton. I recorded it. So it's the special. And I did the show to full my like full capacity. But because of the site, the size venues I do vary. So you actually can't, I did a little show yesterday in Sudbury, but it was a lovely little show, but it's a lovely little art center. You can't do the show the way I would do it in Brighton because it would, A, it would just look mad. It wouldn't, it wouldn't work. What the hell is wrong with this guy? So you have to shrink the performance. And what, uh, but I, I, I wondered if I had to do the way I did it in Brighton every day at every performance like Lee Evans does. Yeah. I, d I don't think I could, I'm not sure I could do it. I'd certainly have to, do you know what I think I'd have to do, which is obviously what um, like Mick Jagger must do is I would have to kind of dedicate my whole life to the performance. I'd have to go, right, so it's Nutribullet at six o'clock, no carbs, at, at no slow release. I think you'd have to do that. Got to go full Wahlberg, and yeah. Like, yeah, full Wahlberg, precisely. Full yeah, Wahlberg. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, well, look, let's talk records. And, okay. Uh, so I've had you bigged up to me by by a mutual friend, Josh Weller. Uh, you've already told me before we press record that he might have uh, misled me a little. Uh, Josh has said that I, what did he say? I love music. Yeah. Well, yeah, I love, I, as I've said b before, we've got on, on, on air, if it's, I mean, it's, we're not on air, it's a podcast, but you know what I mean, is I love what I love, but I'm not a music buff. You might have to use some terminology right. that I don't. There's Grace. Hi, partner. Grace. All right. 
Oh, I didn't tell you about this. Sorry. Right. Sorry, man. Sorry, Stu. Right. So I'll try my best, but you might need to help me a little bit here. All right. You're in safe hands, mate. Thank you. Okay. Sean, tell me the song that you think's got the greatest ever intro. Okay. So what you might not know about me is I am a ginormous Blink-182 fan. Oh, it's a good time to be a Blink-182 fan, mate. Uh, yeah. Yesterday was, I reckon, one of the best days of my life. <laughs> Tom is back. I cried. My friend. Fuck off, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm 36. <laughs> I cried. I I, have, I think I have OCD. I have one of those things. You know, everyone has a thing, but I've not had mine diagnosed. I listen to Blink every day. Every day I listen to Blink 182. What, uh, like, just one track or... Oh, no, no, no. I've listened to different various tracks, but I will listen to them every day. Not a day goes past without me listening to Blink. So, yeah, yesterday was an incredible day. My friend, who is the producer of my podcast, what he did is he found um, a 30-second leak of the new single, and then he took the five seconds, or whatever it is, seven seconds, of the bit of the single on the advert and he clipped it together to make a kind of 36 second version of the song, which I just had on repeat wow. on in the car, full blast last night uh, on the way to the tour. That's I'm quite so insane, Sean. I didn't say I wasn't insane. <laughs> I'm not, I am not well. I am. Yeah, I, I think my my friend Mikey has it as well. We you we we're just obsessed. Yeah, I'm absolutely obsessed. I've got a tattoo and everything. Really? Yes. Anyway, so it will be no surprise that and and this is the only Blink song, fortunately for you today. But I love Blink. You you in safe? Of course you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I use this for if I'm doing a big show. Um, this is the the and I I did the Edinburgh run. Just did, just did the Edinburgh Festival, and this was my walk-on music. And Ivo Graham, do you know the comedian Ivo Graham? I do, yeah. Ivo Graham, fantastic comedian. Ivo Graham came to see my show, and he was, he was, he was being very nice. But he said, but the greatest thing about your show was the walk-on music. Because <laughs> he, he said that I, and I'm, I'm proud of this, I have the best walk-on music he has ever seen a comedian have. And that, Stu, is violence. By Blink 182. Nice. That's a solid choice, mate. That is a good, good intro. Mm. That what's that? Do, do you know it? The yeah. the but the, the, the what, what's what's that noise that's happening at the beginning where it it's I can't do it. It's like you know that what the you don't know like a woodblock type thing. Yes, yes. And then the guitar comes in and it just is, it's just building and building and building. And it, so it's perfect for a walk-on music, uh, for a walk-on track, because the crowd are just getting more and more hyped until bang, it comes in and uh, I, I walk onto stage. But that that intro is, yeah, it's phenomenal. So I'm, I'm interested, when I speak to um, musicians on, on the podcast, I'll ask them, like, you know, when when they're performing live, do you come out with big tune, hook them in straight away, and then yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. then throw in a few album tracks, and then finish yeah. on you know the, the the big ones? As a comedian, how do you approach that joke wise? Do you after you've like 
had the greatest ever walk-on uh, to Blink, do you come <laughs> in with like a monster of a gag, or do you like right? I'm gonna I'm gonna warm them up. And does that differentiate between the the level of show as you mentioned? Uh, you know, from the one in Sudbury to to a, a, a big show in a in a larger venue. I think that. Well, here's the thing, right? Is that that I always have a support. I all I'm a guy. Always have a support. I really don't enjoy not having a support because if you have a support, and I don't know if this is the same with music. Um, if you have a support act, they'll go out, and it's actually less about them. Walk, well, it's still it's still an important part of it, but they warm up the crowd, right? Just get them in that rhythm, that pace, that tone of laughter. But actually, what's important is I get to hear what it is I'm about to go out and do, and that for me is the most important thing. So, if the support act has gone out and he's had a great one, it's Friday night and the crowd are up for it. Well, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna I'll probably come in at a ten. I'll probably just come right in, bang, let's go. But if the support has gone out and you go, right, they're quite timid today, you can't then jump out because what happens is, and I used to to fail with this when I was younger. I used to struggle with this when I was in my 20s quite a bit because I I would come out at 10. And then what happens is if the crowd aren't there with you, You've got nowhere to go yeah. because what happens is if you then if you go oh well they're not going for the ten and then you drop well now they they didn't have the energy and now your energy has dropped so now it, you've taken them down and then you can't go up because you you started at ten so you've got nowhere to go it took me a long long time to realise always give your some yourself somewhere to go. Always give yourself somewhere to go, unless they are there and they are boiling. Yeah. If they're at boiling point, you can you can jump in. But what I I like to do is, and I suppose that you could say this is a bit like starting with a a track that doesn't explode. Is I like to kind of not with the current tour show is I'll not get a laugh straight away. I'll make sure that I'm not. Tr- I'm not doing. I'm not. It's not like I'm. I'm saying an unfunny joke, but I'll just do an extra long setup, so that that suspense is building and building and building. And you go, right, well, when's this guy going to say something funny? Yeah. And then bang, you drop it. So it's kind of a mixture of both, really. The punchline is at the ten, but I'll keep that suspense building. Nice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 And I, I think, like, you know, having a background in the, you know, in my younger years of being in, like, touring in bands and stuff, like, when you've a new band and you've got new songs, you come out and you start at 10 and you keep going at, at 10. And if you ain't got them, you're right, you've got nowhere else to go. And you think, oh, shit, we've got two songs that ain't as killer as this. <laughs> like, and we've lost them yes. already. And it is. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. And I think that's just a lot to be said for experience and age, right? Yes. Oh, definitely. Definitely experience. I mean, it's always experience, isn't it? It's the, it's just it's the best learning tool. There's, yeah. a, you know, a, a, when people are, someone said to me, "There's a really uh, great comedian who's kind of a, actually, he was just on Celebrity MasterChef, I think, but he, more you, you know, he really hits the internet. A guy called Kay Curd, and he said when well, I, I did his um, his show the other night, and he said, 
oh, you could really tell that that you that that you know that you were a professional comedian, and you just go, it's fit. I've been going for fifteen years. It just you suddenly just it just comes to you, yeah. And you don't you don't. There's no. I don't know if you can teach a lot of the things that you acquire by just doing it for a long time. I don't think you. There's some things like the instincts. I don't know how it works with a bat. This is here. Is a question for you. With stand up, one of the things that that can be useful, and I'm not, this isn't a particular strength of mine, but what could be useful is you can change the way you do it in, in the moment, if you want to. You can realise that they're, they're not really going to go for, you know, um, yesterday in the little show in Sudbury, I could be a bit more drier. The room was small. Um, it was very middle class little town and I could just be a bit stiller and a bit drier and I knew they were going to kind of like like that version of the the show in music is there anything you can do when you're a a, a band and you've got a gig is there anything you can do to turn it round if you will like so just to give you another example again this is not one of my strengths a lot of comedians say their stuff's not working. So they come out for whatever reason. The gear's not quite hitting. What they can do is then go into the crowd. And they can turn the gig round with the crowd and then go back into the material and and pursue. What can a band is there a version of that? I think if there is, I was too young to ever have the experience to know what that would have been. I, I, we just died on our ass. And uh... <laughs> I'd love to bestow some wisdom right now on young listeners. But, yeah. uh, but no, I think like I was done and dusted by the time I was 25. So, yeah, I had, I, I'm sure Chris Martin could probably tell you a better answer to that one. But, yeah, right, fine, no, fine. No, no help here. Um, all right, Sean, I'm going to take you back. And for track two, um, I'm going to ask you to tell me the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. I think... Oh, well, after two become one by Spice Girls, obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the this one of it's certainly one of, but looking back, the song that kind of pulled my heartstrings and was kind of hitting me in a different way to pop music prior was the "You and Me" song by the Wanna Dies. I I think that's a perfect record, Sean. Do you? Mm, I think it's perfect in every it's, possible way. It's so beautiful. It really is, isn't it? I've got a T-shirt that, uh, yeah, that just says "You and Me Forever." I, it's just, it's so simple. It's so beautiful. But the 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 memory. I've got a memory which is I was, I think, sixteen, and I was checking. I was. Um, this is crazy. Is I was viewing a college. And my girlfriend at the time lived across the road from me and I viewed the college and I was, you know, that young love, the best love, that youthful love. And I had a pack of 10 fags. That's how long ago it was. Okay. 10 packs of 10. And I put you and me, I don't know if it, it can't have been an iPod, can it? It must have been a maybe a CD Walkman. Shut up, must Discman. have been. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Discman, yeah. And put on the You and Me song and ran 
and ran home. That is, it was like an hour or something. But I listened to that song thinking about my first girlfriend whilst, listen, chain, chain smoking <laughs> and running at the same time. That's incredible. Yeah. Superheroes can't do that, mate. I know. know. (laughs) Chain smoking and running. Just smashing 10 embassy. Love it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Why do you think it's a... Because I know, you know, I know it just... It's got that... When a chorus... when, When a chorus hits and there's that explosion and it's so pure and positive. I, I, I tell you what... Stu, I had to stop using it as my um, in the music for my tour shows and my Edinburgh show. Or my Edinburgh shows a few years ago, I had to stop using it as one of the songs that the audience were coming into because it would go, "It's always you," and the whole crowd would join in. Yeah, and I had to stop using it. But that's what it does. It's one of those songs that we. I think. I think everyone is feeling. The same thing when that chorus. It's it's so perfect, and and I don't want to overshadow the 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 Blink reunion, but the Wannadies have also announced they're 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 coming really? over to to play. Yeah, like the Wannadies are back as well. And, oh uh, wow! <laughs> uh, what a year! I know, I know. Um, it's it's such an incredible record, Sean, and I think you know that whole. The simplicity of like quiet lad, quiet lad always works. You know, look at Nirvana. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Masters at it. And but I just think all the little pop hooks, the lyrics are so simple and perfect and pretty. And then that chorus is just euphoric, isn't it? It's just yes, pure joy. And yeah, it's the it's the perfect love song and it's the perfect pop song. And you're the first person to I've done four hundred and fifty of these, Sean, you're the first Ooh. person to pick it. So uh yeah. Oh nice. It's wonderful. Excellent choice. Where well, I mean, going back to to, to you said, you know, you was you, you was running back to the to the road where uh, your then girlfriend lived across the road. Where was growing <laughs> up, mate? Brighton. Nice. Happy memories Brighton. of Brighton? Brighton is an amazing place to um, uh, amazing place to grow up. If you're, especially if you're you're in something, you're doing something creative. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seemed like everyone was 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 either you know everyone I knew was either trying to make short films or music or comedy or was an artist. It and it just. It brought that out of everyone. It was totally normal to... I also think the pace of Brighton was good for for learning how to be a comedian. I was 20 when I started. Very late, I was just about to turn 21. But I was 20 and you could, you could sit in the lanes and you could just... You could just watch the world go by whilst chain-smoking roll-ups and drinking coffee. It was a, a wonderful time. And also, I think it was a very good place to grow up because it's very bohemian, but it's also very alternative. It's very liberal. So to grow up, I know it's the kind of cliche, but to grow up in a city where, you know, it's like the gay capital of Europe or certainly the gay capital of, of you know, the UK, yeah. just, ha- just, just that is something that you kind of become 
you just become proud of. You feel like we're all there was it, it me it just means I think I do think that it just means that you as a city it's a very accepting city of yeah. of everyone and all types um and so I'm very proud of that and I love you know I do love I love I love Brighton a lot yeah. I mean I still you know I still left yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh it's a wonderful place and 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 I think like like you said if you're surrounded by people that are all trying to kind of you know make it in a, in a different creative field and and all of the people around you are doing that then it brings you up as well doesn't it you know if everybody's on the same page it's like it's good for all involved right you're all trying to kind of you know get a, a, a head and shoulder above everybody else and you're trying to kind of help each other up it's, I don't know if that community exists in comedy but I know in music um that there was definitely you know in your local scene like you'd you'd kind of right will you support us and then we'll support you and then you know well, I was very lucky you know because when I started stand up I actually did a little course by uh, run by uh, a woman called Jill Edwards and that was at the Comedia and the Comedia is like the kind of flagship you know comedy club um, of, of Sussex I suppose of East Sussex and um that what happened was when we did the course, everyone on the course would then, even when the course had finished 12 weeks in, we would all go and support each other when the other one had a gig. And we thought that was normal. We thought that that's what everyone would be doing. And then you would go and do a gig in London and no one would talk. And there was this kind of tension between everyone. It felt really competitive. I used to hate gigging in London when I started because it was so unsupportive and it really, you really suddenly, I mean, it was much, London was much more representative of, of what it's like, you yeah. know, it's cutthroat and it's, um, it's brutal. It's <laughs> I said to any young acts that gets in touch and what's wants advice and stuff. And like, I'm just like, you know, be, be strong. It is, yeah. it is brutal out there. Yeah. But I think, <laughs> Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you think that, like, that's probably the case in a lot of creative fields, though, isn't it? You know, because, you know, they're, they're hard to reach the levels of success that you that certainly that you've reached in, in, in comedy, it's hard to get there and it's hard to get that record due. It's hard to get, you know, exhibited in the right galleries. It's, and, I, and I think... The self-doubt, the self-doubt that comes with, certainly for me, but I know a lot of my close friends, the self-doubt that comes with... Uh, with if, if this audience doesn't... If I don't hit it off with this audience, the kind of self-hatred... As you get older, again, an experience, you learn to control a bit more, a lot more, I would say, but it's still there. You know, you're leaving. I used to, I think, I think that the reason that I, as a younger comedian, kind of pushed through quite early is the fear of the bad gig. I was so afraid going to I remember just going to gigs and just being terrified that I would have a bad gig because I didn't want that feeling that having a bad gig was going to give me so it was less it became less about having the good gig and more about not having the bad gig and that fear I think you know helped me be certainly successful when I was you know in the early days yeah okay I'm gonna take you back to your early days as well and i'm going to ask you for track three to tell me about the song that reminds you of your time at school please mate i think i it can't it can't be anything other i'm afraid although i love this band actually i'm not i'm i'm not gonna it's not a guilty pleasure i they are great fun they're a little band called limbiscuit yeah and <laughs> and the song is called rolling yeah it's oh, a monster of a track, right? <laughs> you remember this track? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> your, your red cat, Ben Stiller's in the music video. That's right. I'll just say the thing about this is, right, I look, I wasn't a very cool kid. So like my friend Gabs, you know, Gabs, Gabs, uh, my best friend Gabs, Gabs's dad uh, was in a band called David Devon and his Spirit uh, Wine. I know Mikey really well. Oh my god! Like David Devon, my band used to support David Devon. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So Gabs's dad is Foz, right? Guitarist, amazing guitarist. <laughs> Literally saw him just before lockdown. Oh, <laughs> he will. Gabs will be so chuffed about this. <laughs> now, do, do you know what? Right, so you know, uh, later on we're going to talk about the song that many won't know. Yeah, I was going to choose, but I couldn't. I thought I won't be able to find it. Is a song by David Devon called oh. "Black and White." Oh fuck! What a record! <laughs> you know, black and white. Of course, like Mikey's been on this podcast. I've had oh, the vessel on the podcast. Like a thousand <laughs> angels singing in the sky. <laughs> God stands up for losers like he does for you and I. It's absolutely, it's one of, oh my God. What a song. Black and white, everyone. Black it's, and white by so David Devon and his spirit wife. Oh, well, they're, they're a bananas band that I shout to everybody to listen to because. Oh, that's uh, so cool. Like we used to play with I met them. My best friend is a one man comedian musician called Cunt and the Gang. 
and and right. I and, <laughs> and oh, uh, I think I think I think he, he did he just do Edinburgh. He wrote a thing called Shannon Matthews the Musical, which uh, was on at Edinburgh this year. But he does yeah, he has I, done I Edinburgh it was a few great. times. I yeah, it's great. I didn't get to catch it. Yeah, <clears throat> um, but he he's friends with, with with Mikey, and then this was like way back in the, when they were sort of releasing their first record, and it was just like I went to see him, and it was one of the most insane live things I'd ever seen. Oh, that's amazing! And it was like right, they got a become friends with him and ended up like doing shows with him and stuff and yeah and stayed in touch and he's yeah and, and literally like saw uh vessel and, and foz and that a couple of years ago at, um what's the venue opposite the scala i can't think but um yeah i won't know wonderful i won't know yes anyway, oh we digress yes. back to but, school yes yes so so get you know gab's Gabs was listening to um, indie music, but like bands, not not just pulp and blur. Like he was listening to, you know, bands that I wouldn't have known. So he was a lot cooler. Whereas I was listening to Spice Girls. I was listening to what, what was ever it, what, whatever you know, whatever was in the the charts and was being sold on Smash Hits. Sorry, that's my oven. Smash Hits um, magazine. Uh, and then what happened was Limbiskit came out. And my friend Crazy Dave played me this song. My friend Crazy Dave has a lot to uh, to answer. Cra- Crazy Dave showed me Limbiscuit, but he also showed me Lee Evans, which was a massive reason. Also got the greatest fucking nickname ever. He was, and I think still is insane. <laughs> uh, Crazy Dave. He, he honestly was. He, yes, the name was not ironic. It, it, yeah, it was not like Little John. He was actually fucking mental. Um, but uh, yeah, he showed me Lee Evans, which helped get me into stand up. But he showed me Limbiscuit, and Fred Durst was swearing, and I was like, "This is the coolest thing <laughs> I have ever heard." There is a man; he is angry. He's also swearing. Like there's this, but there's a song on hot dog flavored water that's like, "It's a fucked up world in a fucked up place. Everybody's got a fucked up face." Something like that, and it's just the whole song. Is he says fuck and I just blew my mind, As and it got me. It got me into Kerrang. Yeah, and MTV Two, mm. and it got me into Kerrang. So Kerrang then helped me get get me into Blink. So I'm very happy for the Limbiscuit days. It was it was kind of new metal was happening then, wasn't it? And it, <laughs> and it, it was new metal, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> like, that is everyone's least. That is the uncoolest music now, isn't it? We've not quite... Have we got back to new metal yet? I don't know. Um, I, I think, like, it is weird. I think people go, yeah, there was the Manchester scene. Then, like, yeah, <laughs> things just went mad. With You know, we had grunge. Then we had Britpop. Then we had... Oh, we'll leave that one alone. And then we had... And, like, people just seemed to leave new metal, just sort of tucked away like yeah, it didn't yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I do think yeah. that... you. Know, <laughs> Have you watched the Woodstock documentary? Oh, yet? D- well, I, do you know what? I was going to bring it up exactly. Like they were, you forget they were, like if you see a if you <clears throat> excuse me if you see like a festival poster now, Limbiscuit are still going. Yeah, but like, but they'll be like third down the bill. Yeah, and not closing, and you're like. There was a point where that they were quite possibly the biggest band in the 100%. world, especially America. Yeah. Absolutely insane. I would, and he, what, do, what do you think about what he, what they did at uh, Woodstock? I they got a lot of stick for that. I, I just don't put anything on the bands. I put it all on the fucking promoter. Good. Because, like, I, I, I just think if you, at that point in music, 
And like, I should point out the club that I run plays that sort of music. So it's an oh, alternative amazing. club. Like, oh, right. Uh, so I've been playing these records. I'm coming. For, I'm for... going to make. I'm going to make a return to clubbing, Stu. Do I'm it, going mate. back to clubbing, and I'm going to yeah, I'm going to come back to your place. Um, yeah. but I do think that if you book Limp Biscuit or you book yes. Corn. Yes. You know what you're going to get. You're gonna, and if you've got an audience full of fucking frat rolls, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. shit's going to go off. And obviously it did. And I, what I thought was really surreal was the fact that the voice of reason at that whole festival was Gavin from Bush. Now when you think, yeah. Jesus Christ, he yeah. saved it. How did yeah, that yeah, happen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think, like, you can't ask a new metal band to tone it down. What are they going to do? Oh, you know, make sure they don't lose it in the crowd. It's a metal band. Yeah. You're not going to get Limp Biscuit unplugged, are you? It's not exactly. going to happen. Don't, don't put them on. Yeah. Don't put them on. But, um, but that was like, I, I mean, I was, I don't know if you were like this, but I, Limp Biscuit, well, you know, you're at school and you're at that age where you're so, um, you know, easily influenced. I, I would, I got a red cap. I started wearing Adidas Superstars because of Fred Durst. I would literally dress like Fred Durst. Very embarrassing days. You wouldn't have been alone, mate. Like that whole look. Like the, the the girls would wear the um the the the, the kind of Adidas tracksuit bottoms with the poppers at the bottom that would yes. like open up. Like yes. And uh, yeah, like that new metal thing. Everyone had their their wallets on their chains, didn't they? It was like yes, it was a and big I would, look. Like, I, I I bought a skateboard. Couldn't skateboard. Bought a skateboard. Just carry it around. Looks cool. Yeah, it? just carry it around. Who cares? <laughs> well, tell me about school. Apart from uh, your new metal year, did you enjoy it? I don't know if I di- I didn't. No, well, I was. You see, I was a very um, I was a. I, 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 yeah, I was a naughty kid, you see. So I was in the bottom sets. What? You, naughty as in naughty, naughty, or just titting around? I, I think titting around, but enough to be suspended a lot. And, oh, right. You know, yeah, and I was, you know, and and, it, and I, I just wasn't taking it in. I was, I was in the bottom. <laughs> I was. It might not be a surprise, but I was in the bottom sets for everything, right? Pretty much, and you know, I didn't go. I was, I was much more interested as a kid, or, or in just having fun, and and and, you know, it'd be go. It, it might. It would be like. On my way to school, it would be like, what, what, what trouble could we cause today? That would be the aim of the day: is to to get into trouble, to have fun, to get detention. So I don't. I look back at it, and it's a kind of, you know, it wasn't it. It. I regret that a lot because I'm, I'm having to at thirty in my thirties, trying to play catch up. And try, yeah. you know, trying to kind of re-educate, well, not re-educate, trying to educate myself in my thirties because I went from basically, you know, I went from school where I learnt nothing into working in a pub and then becoming a stand-up at twenty, where all you ever really had to do was, well, not had to do, but or chose to. My act was just talking about what a kind of bum I am. And 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 I kind of don't feel like I grew. I don't think I really grew up from secondary school until I was like thirty three. There was a, like I didn't. Do you know what I mean? There was no. It was real Arrested Development. So 
I don't know if I did have fun. I didn't really like being in trouble. And I think that I was bored. I didn't want, I just, I don't know why I had this outlook on life. I, I, I just wanted to have fun. And for me, school wasn't fun. School was about discipline and school was about rules and school. You can see why I like Blink-182. I sound like I'm, <laughs> that's like lyrics to Blink-182. But it was, it was about, you know, it's about doing what you were told. Yeah. And I just hate, I just didn't, I just never wanted to do what I was told. And um, so, yeah. So now I'm in my 30s. I'm like trying to fucking read. <laughs> oh, God. I can't get, I can't get past a page without having to get the dictionary out. <laughs> every fucking other paragraph, like, right, okay, what does that mean? But um, yeah. Were you a confident kid? I was at school, yes. I was a vet, yes. I was I was extremely confident. I thought that I I I, I remember that um, I I've said this many times before that being given homework and telling the teacher that I didn't need to do the homework because I was going to be an actor. I was going to be a famous actor. It's like, nah, miss, like, I don't need to do that. I'll be a famous actor. <laughs> did you, did you, is that what you wanted to be when you was at school? Did you think that was like a possibility? I, I, I wanted to be Jim Carrey. Right. I wanted, I thought I could be, or Lee Evans. I, but yeah, I thought I really, and I, I and, and it's bizarre because I did not doubt it. And obviously you get older and now I'm just a crippling, you know, I'm a mess. <laughs> just a complete ginormous just a, a yeah a, a, a flesh of doubt that's what i have just this just, <laughs> this yeah this combination of flesh and doubt but but then nothing nothing could could stop me really okay yeah this is the last did you night. did you have that before sorry but what what was it you know if you're going into did you always know you were going to go into music see i from the from basically from the age of from the age of, well, from when I saw my first Jim Carrey film, that's what I wanted to do. I saw Ace Ventura, and I think I was 10. I, That's what I wanted to do. And then I was introduced to Lee Evans, so it kind of, it was like, oh, right, there's this stand-up thing as well. So it was like, well, I'm either going to do, I'm either going to be Jim Carrey or I'm going to be Lee Evans. And that wasn't really in question. Did you have that going with music? I don't know, because like, I, I couldn't. I couldn't play music, but I I, I knew right. Uh, but I think because I was a DJ, I, I I thought and I think I sort of knew what sounds made people react, and so I sort of learned how to write songs. And I, I like it when That's even amazing. Like, and what age was that? So I was doing that when I was about fourteen, and then right, amazing, and amazing. Then was just doing bands for the years that followed but I remember talking to the careers officer and like they said like what do you want to be and I, I did say I want to be a pop star and he just Amazing. and he just <laughs> laughed and and I and now he just I think like hey, why is he fucking laughing like, I don't get what, like and and then he said well I don't think that's going to happen and I was like oh okay oh, no. and he said have you got a backup plan and I remember saying stuntman <laughs> and like, and that's he, fantastic and uh yeah stuntman <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, never, never managed I, to sort of pursue. By the way, that. I still, I still believe in you. I still think you could be a pop star. Oh, thanks, man. Don't, thanks. Gi don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, what was the first song you remember buying from a record shop, Sean? Well, 
two tape cassettes. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, this is before Fred Durst entered my life. Okay. So this this is when we're listening to the charts, but it would be um, Robbie Williams' first single, which was a cover of George Michael's, which was Freedom. That's right. And um, I don't. I, uh, that I think that was because I liked I liked Take That. And, and uh, I still like take that, by the way. I, uh, but I, uh, so I went out and got freedom, and I also got Anton Deck. Um, better watch out, which you won't remember. You surely? No, no I don't remember that. And, one. Yeah, it was Anton Deck when they were PJ. I, st- I think they were still PJ and Duncan, and they sang a song called "Better Watch Out," and it went, "Better watch out there after you." No, 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 no. Oh, I do remember that. No, you don't. <laughs> I do remember that. Like, oh my god! Yeah, that was. Um, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, I mean, your first records are meant to be shockers, right? And I mean, you've delivered. Oh, I'm glad because <laughs> uh, is that is that kind of topping? You say you've done hundreds of these. Is that topping your worst? Uh honestly, Sean. If people sit down to me and they go, "Oh yeah, like I just bought this like um this this album of like Dylan rarities, I'm like bollocks. No, you never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah, chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your first yeah, yeah, records yeah. are going to be PJ and Duncan. I'll take that. <laughs> yes, like. exactly. I um, but it was Robbie Williams, and it was Take Cassette, and it was from again. Uh, how long it was ago? It was um, Al Price. Nice. Shout Shout out Al Price. Yeah. 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 Um. Yes. Because that was I actually watched a thing on on BBC last night where um. Dermot O'Leary was sitting down with Robbie Williams watching, like, uh, it's called Real Stories. And, and they sit in a cinema and they put up, like, different bits of footage of him over the years from the first wow. ever take that thing right the way through to now. Like a career-spanning kind of chat. And uh, and they showed that video to Freedom because he'd, he'd kind of bloated right up, hadn't he? Yes, and he didn't yes. look to, to yes. uh, he didn't look like the pop star that we'd seen a year before. And uh, But, so I think Freedom... He's a gr- not necessarily like Robbie's version's fine, but it's a great record, Freedom. Yes, I actually like. I actually liked. Um, I mean, I've not heard it in a long time, but I, I actually liked it. Well, of course I did. I bought it. I liked the Robbie Williams version. Freedom. I won't let you down. Um, yes, I mean I don't. It, to be honest with you, and this goes for PJ and Duncan as well. <laughs> I've not really gone back to the tapes, Stu. Okay. I'm not so you'll you'll have to tell me about All right. freedom. It's a cracker. It's a cracker. It's like and and obviously it was done because it, the, all the animosity between him and Barlow started at that point where yes. he was just. Uh, I, I think you know he was enjoying himself quite a lot, Robbie Williams, and uh, <laughs> and then started digging at you know Gary Barlow and, and and the band and and obviously singing the cover of Freedom was he's kind of you know I'm, yes. I'm free, but. It was after that, but he that that song wasn't. This is what I do know is that song wasn't on the album, so they went that way and kind kind of tried to do a pop song, freedom, make a statement. It didn't quite go down that well uh, with his demographic, and so and then he tried to. And then I think it was the album was called Life Through a Lens, perhaps. He had a few howlers before that that didn't. Like, he had like a track called like Saf of the Border that didn't really do a lot. And like I think it was like it kind of tried to. I think, and I think he admits this, but he kind of tried to be Oasis, 100%. a one man. Oasis. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, Lazy Days, do you remember that? Yeah, again, La- that La- wasn't a big hit either. They were like, I the, liked that song. Yeah, I thought it was great. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, like, he, he said on this thing last night that I was watching that you can't just go from being pop star to credible indie star. Like, it's like yes. they're going to sit, and it was yes. his iconic performance at Glastonbury where he just, he talks about it and they show clips of it where he's like, I just thought I was going to get bottled off stage. And he said, but they they went for it. And uh, Robbie, Robbie did, what, Robbie did Glastonbury? Yeah, it's it's quite the performance as well. That's like, amazing. Yeah, and like he thought... He, oh, he thought I would love bomb. that. Yeah. Yeah, I would really enjoy that. Let I, me entertain you as your opener. That's what they showed oh, on that doc last night. My. Imagine that as an opener yeah. at Glastonbury. Fucking hell. About five o'clock in the afternoon, sun goes down, finishes on Angels. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> that is superb. And that was what he reckoned kind of transcended him into into obviously becoming everybody's favourite. Everybody liked him. And Guy Chambers, he, he's all right with a pen, and he? he can write a song. Like, right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Know, I think the rest <laughs> is history, isn't it? But all right. So um, you've got your red cap on. I'm going to take your clubbing. Tell me the song that soundtracked your year's clubbing, Sean. So we're going now. We're getting into clubs now, and I've uh, and and now it's it's indie music time. Brighton still, Brighton still. Going to the Gloucester, going to the Audio. Um, just trying to find every time. Try to cl- try to go clubbing every night. To whenever there's an indie night. If there's an indie night on Monday, we go to that one. If there's an indie night on Tuesday, we go to that one. And um, and I think I think really I'll, I'll tell you what I was gonna put because I think if you're my age, that is just the anthem. It's the anthem of clubbing. But I thought I can't. It, it, it will just. It's just become the cliche. But it is the uh, Mr. Brightside by the Killers. Yeah. Right. So that's the because really that's the anthem of my age really clubbing but it's perfect it is perfect and fuck me when oh my god i think i saw the killers at glastonbury headline uh back in 2019 and you know um i think that's the probably the greatest show i've i've ever seen it was it was absolutely incredible and obviously they closed at mr brightside and Brandon Flowers gave it this. He, Brandon Flowers gave that song what it, he performed it like he had been told this was the last like gig he was ever going to do. It was what you want from your pop stars. Yeah. Brandon Flowers, from what I've seen, I've, I've got goosebumps every time I tell, I've told this. Right, I think this is exactly what it should be like. You know, we kind of grow, I've grown out out of the Killers a bit, if I'm honest. You know, I've not, you know, I've not got the latest albums or whatever. But I'm going to go and watch the Killers because I used to love the Killers. But I'm not like it's not like I'm going to watch Blink or yeah. anything, right? I'm, but all right, we'll go watch Killers. It'd be it'd be a great night. The Killers come out, and Brandon Flowers says, and he's in like you know, he's in a gold suit, whatever. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah, he's, he's gone for it. And he says like something along the lines of. Ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of incredible bands out there like tonight, and um, a lot of people have chosen to go and see those bands, and we appreciate that. But you people have chosen us. And my God, something like he goes, and my God, are we going to make sure that all those other people that didn't turn up here tonight 
just made the biggest motherfucking mistakes of their life. <laughs> and, and it was like that, th that was it. Just that, yeah. that opening to it, we, I think everyone went, and that would be in one of the, when Brandon Flowers, and I know this isn't clubbing, but it's seeing the bands that, you know, were the, were the anthem of my, my youth that, where he brought out the Pet Shop Boys and they sang, um, they sang, um, Always maybe on my a, mind. Always on, thank you. Always on my mind. Oh, was I that was, the same one when they brought out Johnny Marr as well? And done Johnny this charming man. I, 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 yeah, I think, uh, that when the killers brought out, Pet Shop Boys and sang always on my mind. That is in my top three greatest moments of my life. I hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I've watched that, Sean. That, I'm a ridiculous Pet Shop Boys fan, right? Amazing. I fucking love the Pet Shop Boys, right? And when I set this podcast up, I had two people that I wanted to get on here, right? Maxine Peake and Johnny Marr, right? I've had Maxine on, and I've still not had Johnny Marr. And there's that incredible Glastonbury performance. You can tell that Johnny, uh, that um, Brandon has grown up listening to the Smiths and to the Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, Essentially, they are the killers. Them two bands merged gives yes. you the killers. Yes, and, I've not thought of that. Yes, and you get absolutely. all the brilliant synth pop in the killers that the Pet Shop Boys do, and obviously the guitar lines. Yes, and they finish uh, like always on my mind. And I, if I remember rightly, because I've watched it a lot, he says, "All right." We got someone else coming out now. Yeah, guitar hero Johnny fucking Mart, and then like out he comes and straight into this charming. Mart. I've got goosebumps yeah. now. Like, yeah, 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 absolutely amazing. I had um their guitarist on the podcast, and for the greatest intro, he didn't choose Mr. Brightside. I'm like, you fucking wrote it. Like, how can you not choose that guitar line as the greatest intro ever? Obviously, it's paid your mortgage. Like, can't go for that. <laughs> Um, but but just but but just quickly the song that I think is pr probably more individual to me because it well basically I'll tell you honest mistake by the bravery cracking single who are, yes cracking single bit of a I think a bit of a one hit wonder mm. the bravery um, but you know what a wonderful thing to be in life to still to have had a hit what well, yeah. is incredible and um, but the lead singer of the bravery he had they it was at the same time as I think. Sam's Town by the Killers had come out. Mm -hmm. So what was happening at this point is, like you say, is synth was synth was really beginning to make a comeback mm -hmm. and, and blend into indie music. And the bravery were that they 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 did the indie thing, and then brought in the kind of eighties new romantic synth definitely to make um, honest mistake. And the lead singer. He had this, and I just thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. So he'd wear black, like, eyeliner, <clears throat> and then he was shaved back and sides, and then had this mohawk that was waxed up and then went down the centre of his face. 
and I tried to be him, and I I would straighten my hair to try and get my hair like the lead singer of the Braveries. And what would happen is, after dancing to one song, my mohawk would curl up into a little pig's tail. Like Superman. Because my hair, my hair would go all curly. No, not like Superman. That would be fantastic if it went like <laughs> Superman. No, it looked absolutely ridiculous. I looked like Tintin. <laughs> not Superman. Um, but you know, the, it, you know, it's it. So the honest, honest mistake when that synth kicks in. But really, the anthem of my youth is is Mr. Brightside by by the Killers. But there are plenty, you know. There are there are plenty. We all know those those indie bangers. Also, <clears throat> also when I was clubbing is when Arctic Monkeys came onto the scene. And I think in my lifetime, um, uh, oh god, fucking hell, I forgot what it's called. But on the dance floor, bet you look good on the dance floor. Bet you, thank you. Bet you look good on the dance floor. I think that's the closest in my life. Well, of course it is. I'm 36. That was Beatlemania. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? For my for my age, I think when they came onto the scene, you were like, "This is something else." And I'm glad I got to experience that a little bit. It was just it was just insane. Every single song, every song they released was just was just fucking perfect, and it spoke to who it was talking to. It was just it was unreal. Mm. I, I I think that time. As somebody that's still to this day DJing alternative music to people every weekend, like I don't think there's been a time since then that for guitar music that has, has got near that. I think that was the last big hurrah of of indie music, and yeah, it, it was the time of the case. It was the Killers, the Kaisers, the Kooks, Kasabian. <laughs> there was they were all they all started yeah. with K. Like yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, yeah, 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 and and they all had like absolute cracking like indie dance floor fillers and oh it's phenomenal and i don't think you've had a boom like that since and uh i I hope it's around the corner but um so do i i don't know i mean you know i don't know enough but um it seemed like maybe i don't know did it did it kind of you know is music is it constantly inspired by what came I guess so. By what came before, I mean it. You know, it, those guys. What would they have been inspired by? Do you know what was that movement inspired by? Do you, do you, do you have an opinion on that? I think it was all different things. Like I guess you know your, your Arctic Monkeys. I think there was a lot. Of, certainly, at that point, a lot of sort of John Cooper Clark in, influence in certainly in uh, Alex's lyrics. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Musically, I think they're, they're, they've got quite a, a unique sound. Like, I, I really do think that. I think obviously Killers is he, definitely, you know, lots of them kind of big alternative 80s bands, you know, Smith's Cure, Pet yes. Boys, New yeah, Order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they took their name from the New Order video, didn't they? I don't know if you know this. Oh, I didn't know that. New Order oh, that's released great. A, a track called uh, Crystal. And for the video, there's like they've put together this young boy band. And on, if you look at the drum skin, it says The Killers. And that's where they got their name from. Oh, uh, what a uh, name! Oh no, I mean, it was great very great name. Yeah, Glastonbury. It was it was perfect. Yeah, wicked. I'm going to take you home. Tell me a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Oh shit! I've not done this one. No, on the you've got Brighton. You've got loads to choose from. Oh no! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no! I got. 
Oh, fuck. I have got Brighton. Um, can you help me out with bands that are from, <laughs> right. from Brighton? Kooks. Kooks are from Brighton. Well, do you know what? Let me tell you about Kooks. I started stand-up when... So when I, I was at college, I was at Lewis College when uh, I got kicked out of my first college. And I went to another college in Lewis. And the Kooks... Um, you know, you know, they 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 released that album. They became really big when when I was at college, and I remember I was really, I was, I was so, that me and my friend, uh, me and my friends, my friends were into like kind of Bob Dylan and you know like really proper music heads that yeah. knew what they were talking about, and I, <laughs> I I wasn't that. And to them, the Kooks, the Kooks was basically pop music, yeah, and so it wasn't very. To them, it wasn't very cool. But so I had to pretend that I didn't like the kooks. Well, I didn't have to, but I did. I <laughs> pretended that I didn't like the kooks. And actually, I loved the kooks. And um, I loved those those uh, their, their, their hits. They were absolutely amazing. I used to fly the kooks when I started comedy. The kooks would often be walking through Brighton, and I would fly them and try and get them to come and come and see me which they didn't which i respect but um <laughs> i would say i think yeah i mean the kooks always remind me of brighton the one that what the one song and it's not like it's not a song that i you know that i i'd be lying if i said that i hold it that i kind of hold it dear to me but the um the song that always reminds me of brighton is um beautiful day by uh is it the Le the Levelers? Oh yeah, of course they're they're Brighton boys, aren't they? Because they yeah, yeah yeah did they own the Albert? Like I don't I don't know I don't I don't know right. But I've seen I've seen them live. I went with a friend when I started comedy to see them live. Oh, what a beautiful day, day! <laughs> Such an uplifting song, and I always when I hear that song. And I don't know why it, it's this image. It's very, I don't know why, but I, even again, it just happened now. I hear that song and I just see Brighton Beach through those kind of turquoise uh, railings, those fences up on the on the promenade that look yeah. out to the beach. And I hear that song and I think of that image. So, you know, that, that, that song makes me think of, of Brighton and they are Brighton boys. Perfect. The Maccabees... The oh, Maccabees that are one of boys. my lovely boys. Ma the Maccabees are um, in my top three bands without oh, a doubt. Well, and I was I was I was fortunate enough to be there for the for the at the Ali Pali gig, oh. their last shows. And um, the Maccabees, I mean, I you know, just the questions don't suit the answers for the uh, for, for for Maccabees to be any of the answers. I mean, they could be in the clubbing years. You know, yeah. certainly, um, Latchmere and, and all of that. Oh, what a song. Latchmere's got a wave machine. I love the way Maccabees, I love it when a band, I love it when a band evolves, yeah. like the way the Maccabees did. You know, the way when it, it changes, it Massively. develops. Massively. I love that. I've got, I've got a little Maccabees story for you, Sean. Oh, uh, yes. They, they are, they mean, they really mean the world to me. And I, I've got a strong, I've got, I just got a feeling and I, I believed Blink would get back. And I believe there'd be a Ghostbusters free, and so I believe the Maccabees will get back together. I think that will definitely happen. Well, and I and I and I love. I think they are lyrically, musically. We're talking about music building, the crescendos of the Maccabees. Amazing. 
It's just "Grew Up at Midnight" is is for me is just one of the greatest songs of all time of all time. It's they are a special special band, and I think I think they're a band that will have grown in um in their absence. Hundred percent. That they they are just they are one of the uh, the greats of my lifetime. The Maccabees are one of the greats. I, I think that um. They actually, like Hugo and Felix played uh, their first show with their new band, 96 TVs, uh, night before last, I believe. And oh, I wow. can't it's wait a, to hear that. I, I, think their other, that down. I think their other brother Will's in the band as well. Um, but um, what, what I completely agree with what you just said there. And I think there's not many record labels in this day and age that support indie bands like they did the Maccabees. Because... That first record is amazing, but I think for a lot of major labels, it probably wouldn't have sold enough to give them a second record. And then they wow. did give them a second record. And and I, I, I've got a little story about that second record. And then obviously they've just backed them and backed them and backed them. They've become this band that people absolutely adore. And, yes. and I'm one of those. Um, yes. But at the time... Um, Hugo had come down to, to, to Essex and DJed my, my, my club. And he was such a, a a lovely dude. He's actually on the podcast in a couple of weeks as well. Um, oh, amazing! Listen to and, that. Uh, and I I also run a, a club in London with um at the time with 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 an actor that the, the guy that played Gavin in Gavin and Stacey, and uh, and he'd just been in the video for No Kind Words, uh, which was the first single off the second yeah. record. Amazing, yeah. And Amazing. we'd done this tiny little venue in 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 Shoreditch, and, and Matt phoned me up and he went, Maccabees said they'll do a secret show for us to debut the new album. And I'm like, oh my God, you're joking. Uh, and it was at a venue called 333 on Old Street. And uh, and yeah, they played on the floor uh, and we couldn't announce it until about an hour before. And we just plonked it on a Maccabees forum that the Maccabees are debuting their second record tonight at club xfm in free 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 that's incredible i struggled to get in my own event to see it <laughs> it was so packed it was mental and it was one of the most punk things i'd ever seen just seeing them boys in the middle of the dance floor followed by like surrounded by all these wide-eyed fans just going the mac of his are playing on a dance floor in this small venue it was amazing and they've they've often come and dj'd subsequent nights for me and i'll tell you what like they're some of the nicest lads i've ever met they are such smashing boys oh that's lovely and that they 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 i think they went to or certainly some of them went to university in brighton i know that yeah and, or they lived in brighton they did yeah. yeah so so i'm going to put i'm going to choose the maccabees in which case Perfect. Uh, and that, that counts and i saw them i so amazing i saw the maccabees right when they were playing to about what could that have been 40 people or something wow at, 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 a, at a nightclub called the gloucester and we didn't know they were the maccabees we were just there for indie night they just happened to be on before the like the club night yeah they were like they were like warming up indie night Wow. Yeah. And and I spoke to Orlando at the time and I remember him telling me that his influence was um uh Joy Division. Yeah. Love Joy Division. And but when what's so funny is me and my friend Barbecue Pete 
we were watching the Maccabees and they were amazing. They were brilliant. Like to, to just watch a band and, you know, as a, you know, I'm not a big music kind of nerd geek. So, you know, you need to have the kind of the catchy, you need to be catchy for me to be able to automatically tune into the song. Yeah. And the, the songs were amazing. So just in front of 40 people, you're like, this is really good. That me and my friend Barbecue Pete were stood at the back with our beers going, we could be better than this. We didn't even know how to play an instrument. <laughs> we didn't even know. We were like, we need to start a band. We watched the Maccabees play in front of 40 people and go, we need to start a band. And then me and Barbecue Pete went and watched them play their last um, their last show at the Alley Pally. Incredible. So it's really nice. Yeah, really nice to, to do the whole journey. Oh, that's lovely. I don't know what's more incredible, that story of a nickname Barbecue Pete. I'll tell you why it's called Barbecue Pete. We woke up hungover one day in Brighton, me and Robin, and we were oh, like, oh, gosh, let's go to the pub. So ring up Pete. We go, Pete, pub. Let's go to the pub. And Pete goes, um, actually, guys, I was thinking of having a barbecue. And we went, yeah, all right, then. See you at the pub. Just come to the pub. And he comes to the pub, and before he says anything, we go, ooh, it's Barbecue Pete. <laughs> That is it. I love all shit he, like that. All he did was suggest the barbecue. <laughs> and 20 years later, that's still his name. Uh, there's something about youthful lads that are that. It's like, I remember getting like new trainers or something and just thinking, oh, I've got to walk into college in these. And someone's going to go, oh, hello, shoes. And you yeah, just yeah, think yeah, like, yeah, yeah, what? Yeah, 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 it's just yeah, a yeah, new yeah. pair of shoes. But yeah, it, you, you can't ever kind of throw yourself out there and say like i might have a barbecue because you're just going to get undrawn and quartered aren't you absolutely well you're going to get you're going to get called barbecue pete for the rest of your life <laughs> i've got a good nickname for you there was a fella that um come to my, my my club and everyone used to call him dinner and i was like why do they call you dinner he said oh it's got abbreviated over the years i said like what from and he went dinner lady and i was like dinner lady and he went yeah when i was at school uh one lunchtime, I got upset and I, I walked around the playground with the dinner ladies and I've been called dinner lady ever since. The geese was in his 30s, just still being called dinner lady. That's phenomenal. <laughs> That's a good nickname. Really. That is dinner. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, look, um, before we get on the last track, I just want to ask you something. So you, you, you spoke about the confidence you had as a young man and then to fast forward, you then chose comedy and you've mentioned how cutthroat it is and how tough it is tell me about drive oh god yes yes you i i i, I well i think that you the the fuck i mean you just can't you 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 cannot do it without drive you cannot get anywhere, um, I imagine, in anything. I imagine in anything, but in comedy, you cannot get anywhere without that drive. Unless unless you are... What happened was, I tell you, I, I, I mean, I kind of realised this. You have to... I, I, I think you have to kind of completely give yourself the whole of you, really, to yeah. what it is you do if you want to go, if you want to get along in it and I think that I look at like you know I'm I'm close friends with um Ramesh who obviously everyone will know you know Ramesh Ranganathan and 
and the the drive and the ambition was just never in never in doubt but he the but the focus you know the fo- the, the the marriage of focus and drive on the thing you're trying to get um i think when i was younger that folk that 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 drive that i had as a child that that with no self doubt and complete and utter belief that got sidetracked in as i got older with the things that come with money and the things that come with sort of relative success you know and i liked i became more interested in going out i just i just wanted to go out and get absolutely shit faced and that drive uh and focus was was kind of knocked and I, I kind of quit drinking a few years ago. So I didn't mean to go so serious. No, but I just no, think, no. It's a serious I, question. I, I just, but I just think that what I, what I got back when booze left, and I bloody loved booze and still love booze. I just, I can't touch it. Is, is, uh, is that passion? And you use a word like drive, but I think it's also the passion. It's it's the passion for what you do. It all come. It all starts at passion. I didn't just want to be famous when I was even when I was ten. It wasn't just about fa- you know. It was it was I wanted to make comedy. I wanted to make people laugh. I wanted to give people that feeling that Jim Carrey was giving me, that Lee Evans was giving me. That's passion. And I would watch Lee Evans, The Ultimate Experience on VHS, over and over and over again. It would finish, I'd put it back on. It finished, I'd put it back on. I, when I was 20, I'd watch Dylan Moran's Monster every night before I went to bed. When other kids were, you know, other kids, when other people were listening to music, I was watching Dylan Moran. When other, when other people were going to live music gigs, I was going to the Comedia. That passion can't be forced. That was, I was there, I was watching Dylan and I was going to the Comedia because that's what made me happy. And I forgot in my 20s what it was that the reason I was put here, really, I forgot. I just wanted to get shit-faced and have that kind of fun. And I had great nights. I've got, fuck, you know, the ma- amazing nights, great memories. But it's only in the last couple of years that I got that back and that passion to to create and just do whatever, whatever I can to make people laugh. I just don't give up. I've got, do you know what? I'll be honest with you. I've got to send a scripts to a production company and they, they're very nice, great people. They sent it back. We, we don't think this is the way forward with this script. It just doesn't bother me in the slightest. It doesn't stop me. I'll, I'll make that next year. I'll do that myself because it's the passion. It's not about being on telly. I don't give a shit about being on telly. I give a shit about making comedy. And we are so lucky that we can live in a time where if someone's saying no, you go, all right, then well, I'll, I'll somehow find a way to do it myself and I'll yeah. put it on the internet. Passion creates the drive. And just make sure you're focused because if you're not focused, then there is a, there is a lot on the way yeah. that can that can um, can knock you off track. And, um, and, I mean, do you know what? It's so funny because we perfectly – it kind of perfectly skews to the, the next song I was going to tell you. Go for which it. Is a, which isn't intended really, but it, with everything that I've just said, a song that I could have written this, if I had any ability, this is the song I would have written. <laughs> okay. If I had any musical ability, this is the song I would have written. The lyrics couldn't sum up 
how I felt about my 20s more than this song. It's just perfect. And it's Mistakes of My Youth by The Eels. I couldn't believe it when I... I actually heard this. How I came to find this song, again, was through Jim Carrey. It's Dumb and Dumber 2, the sequel. That's not, that's not actually... It's not very good. And they kind of didn't realise what made the first one work so well. But they... Which often happens with... When, when sometimes it's actually better to just pass the torch and let someone else do the sequel because they get it more than you because they yeah. were fans, not the creators. But anyway, the the um the the it, it's in the title sequence to Dumb and Dumber Two. Uh, sorry, the credit sequence to Dumb and Dumber Two is Mistakes of My Youth by the Eels, and there's a montage of you know flashbacks to Dumb and Dumber One and and also some shots of Dumb and Dumber Two, and it's really moving. And I couldn't believe how moving the song was to, you know, just on the back of such a silly film. And I, you know, I Spotified it or whatever. I found it on the internet and I listened back to it and fuck me. The lyrics were just, it was like, oh my God, that's, that's me. That's my life. Um, It's just a really beautiful, touching song. And if you've got any kind of, I don't, I don't regret, I don't regret my anything really. Uh, well, <laughs> there's there's a well, there's a, we all have a few, but I don't regret my youth as a whole, certainly. But you, in terms of mistakes, well, there were plenty. <laughs> but uh, it's a beautiful song, and it's just um, I would listen to it. If, uh, uh, it's um, a very nostalgic song. It's a very melancholic song. But it's just lovely. Sometimes you want, you know, we're in autumn now. It's autumnal. Sometimes you want a bit of melancholy. There's, yeah. It's like a sad, it's like a sad cuddle. Um, so it's a very a nice song. But there you go. That's there's the that, that's how I feel about that song. It's a beautiful song. I mean, I mean, the eels. They're really good at melancholy. You know, when when yeah. you want to write something that's gonna, you know, rip you in half. They're really good at yeah. that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Sean, we make it really easy for people to go and listen to that and every other track that we've spoken about today because we put together a little Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast so people Amazing. can go and listen to, uh, to everything. Um, as we're, we're fast approaching Christmas now, in the, in the, in the months left um, leading up to that, what's happening, mate? Oh, we are first approaching Christmas. Well, um, I'm on. To, well, I, do you know what? I've done a lot. So actually, I've just recorded um, a kind of best of special in my hometown in Brighton at the Theatre Royal, which was a, probably the peak of my career. It was amazing, and um, I played uh, to, to cut. Honestly, came out to violence, and the crowds just went crazy. It was, it was amazing, and um, uh, we've recorded that. We're not sure what we're going to do with that one. It's in the bag, and you know that can that could go on the internet again. If no one wants to buy it, I don't care. I'll put it on YouTube. Um, and then I've on an Edinburgh show I did, which I got nominated for the main award, which was lovely. It's called Sean Walsh is Dead. Happy now. <laughs> 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 and um, that song, uh, sorry, that show uh, we recorded at a small venue in London called the Bill Murray. And that will go on YouTube this year. That will be on YouTube this year. So look out for that. Sean Walsh is dead. Happy now um, on YouTube. And I've got, if you're not, you know, if you're not aware of my work, I've got a special on YouTube called Kiss. 
that you can watch about the time I was on a dance show called Strictly Come Dancing and it didn't really go to plan. But that that show's gone down really well on the internet. And um, yeah, and obviously I'm doing live gigs and and uh, I think that's it. Oh, I have I would love it if, if people are looking for a short podcast, only 15 minutes, um, got a top 10 podcast called What's Upset You Now, which is me and my friend Paul McCaffrey, very funny comedian. Just He's been moaning. on, Paul's been on. Oh, has he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, but now, now there is a man that knows about music. Yeah, he loves oh he, he loves a bit of mod, doesn't he? Loves mod, yes. Wonderful, a wonderful bloke. Very, very talented, funny man. But yeah, there's the two of us ranting for 15 minutes, so you can check that out. Wonderful. And if people want to keep up to speed with all of this, where's the best place to follow you, Sean? Instagram. I, I try and stay away from Twitter, but Instagram's a nicer, nicer home, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Sean, I've had an absolute ball today, mate. Thank you so much. Yeah, lovely talking to you. Thanks so much for having me, mate. I really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. I'm going to press stop. Don't go anywhere. Yeah, okay. Yeah, nice one. Ah, oh, that was one of me faves. What a lovely chat. What a top dude. Sean Walsh, ladies and gentlemen, go... Uh, Go give him a follow on the socials, as he said, and keep up to speed with um, everything that he's doing. Uh, great to chat. Um, all sorts of... Uh, anytime I get to talk about David Devont and his spirit wife or the Maccabees, I'm in a happy place. So it was wonderful to get to um, get excited about those bands. And, uh, and yeah, go check out um, my chat with uh, Orlando Weeks, uh, frontman of the Maccabees. He's been on, so go check out that episode. And definitely go check out uh, my chat with... Uh, Mikey, a.k.a. Uh, the Vessel frontman of the legendary and iconic David Devant and his spirit wife. So go check them out amongst... Oh, and while you're there, just have a little look because you'll see hundreds of other episodes of people that I'm sure you will like. I'm back next time. Thanks ever so much for listening. Um, yeah, off the beaten track podcast.com for everything you need to know about this podcast. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>